Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Welcome back, everybody, to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I'm so pumped for this episode because I get to sit down with Harriet Hale from London. Now, a lot of you already know who she is. She is this massively successful entrepreneur that came from the music world in London and is now one of the most respected figures in money mindset coaching over in the UK. So I cannot wait for you to hear everything that she has to share. Before we dive in though, I do want to remind you the new year is right around the corner. And that also means that Lori's famous Bliss Project event is right around the corner. Now we are about 85% sold out. That means there's not very many tickets left and we're actually going to cut off ticket sales, you know, in a couple of months here, right as it gets close to the event. So if you've been on the fence, now is the time to go to theblissproject.info. Again, that is theblissproject.info. And just check out to see if this is the event that you have been looking for that cracks you wide open, helps you find your purpose, and helps you find your happiness all in one long, awesome women's weekend. Now, this interview has so much value it might be one of the favorite ones I've ever done in terms of talking about the law of attraction and abundance. I think a lot of you are going to have massive aha moments and are going to crack right open by the end of this thing. You know, Harriet is not only just a, a massively successful entrepreneur turned coach, but you're actually going to love hearing her story as to how she made that transition from the music world to the abundance and coaching world. It's really a, a beautiful story of hitting rock bottom, seeking out new ways, and making a remarkable comeback that's going to inspire a lot of you. She also gets into two things that people can do specifically to bust through their limiting money mindset beliefs. How important is that? And then she talks about how buying nice things is literally a form of self-love that causes your abundance to start snowballing in your favor when you finally give in and say, yes, I like nice things and I'm unapologetic about it. And then when I ask her what the common thread is among the over 4,000 clients that she has coached, you know, what's the common thread that makes them successful? She says it is being in the state of surrender versus the state of control. And she gets real deep into how you can do that so that you can be one of those success stories instead of continuing to struggle. You know, Harriet knows how to marry the spiritual laws of abundance and attraction so well with the practical world that we all live in. So whether you are two feet in and totally a believer or whether you're just curious and you want somebody to, to help you believe or whether you're a skeptic and you say, oh yeah, I need you to prove this whole law of attraction and law of abundance thing to me. Harriet is absolutely the expert to do that. So get ready because this episode is on fire. All right, Harriet, I am so grateful to have you all the way from London. Thank you for moving some of your stuff around and being on with us. My 
pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I'm really excited. You know, when we were chatting a little bit before we started the episode, you were saying you're a little bit spiritual, meets a little bit practical, meets a little bit tactical. I love that. I, I can't wait to dig into all the good, awesome advice you're going to have around, you know, money mindset and limiting beliefs. But before we do that, I found that my listeners typically love to get to know the person that they're learning from. And you actually have a fascinating story from what I could tell from the research that I've done. Uh, you've had a lot of success uh -huh. in many different worlds up to this point. Do you mind giving us a little bit of your background? Sure, absolutely. So I'm 29 years old. I have been in business for 10 years. So I set up my first business when I was 19. I was at university doing a music degree. I am actually a musician by profession. That's my my passion, my my calling, if you like, the thing that I love. And at 19, I quickly realized that I hated working for other people and that I wanted to serve in a better way, that I wanted to serve in a higher way. So I set up my first company, which was a music agency, which was really successful. And I absolutely loved doing that. And from there, I developed that company into a music academy, which became my second company. So a music academy teaching uh, children and adults music all instruments all disciplines and then I went on to do artist management then I set up a dance studio company then I set up a coaching company and various other different bits and pieces so at the moment I have six companies all within the dance music spiritual kind of industries that's you know that's my passion that's my it's my vibe that's my bag three and a half years ago when I was in my mid-20s I was quite an arrogant little so-and-so and, -so, and um, I thought I had life nailed. Like I just thought I was the bee's knees. I had all of these companies. I was earning a shit ton of money. I had no responsibilities, no family, no kids, none of the rest. And I was a little bit arrogant. I was a little bit cocky and I learned my lesson the hard way. And I, at the time I had my ex-boyfriend a very good friend of mine and my PA who were working for me, the three of them collaborated together whilst I was away on holiday from the business. And they planned and plotted and succeeded in taking my entire client list from me and setting up a competing company a mile away from the building that I was running my business from. So they set up this competing business. So overnight, I went from being this amazing success, taking home six figures, to suddenly being in massive amounts of debt with no clients. I was financially broke. I was spiritually broke. I was emotionally broke. I was an absolute mess. And I was being told from all different angles, from my accountants, from my solicitors, from my parents, from my friends, Harriet, just forget this. Just go bankrupt, close all the businesses, go get a job. You know, you're an intelligent girl. You'll be fine. Just go do the nine to five thing. You'll be fine. And it's turned my stomach because this was the whole reason I went into business when I was 19, because I wanted to make a difference in the world. I didn't want to help someone else make a difference in the world. You know what I mean? So I ignored all the advice. I got myself even further into debt to help my companies because I needed to fish myself out of this massive hole. And I tried to implement the same business strategies that I'd used for five years, you know, to, to build myself back up. It wasn't working. So I was forced into a corner. I turned to spirituality. I started working with the law of attraction. I started working with the power of the universe. 
I'm naturally very curious. I naturally love research. I naturally love kind of formulating new formulas and ideas and ways of making life work. And I went down this spiritual path. That was three and a half years ago. I was in £60,000 worth of debt. And in July of this year, so by the time your listeners hear this, that would have been six months ago, I purchased my four-bedroomed family home in London for £1 million. Wow, what a comeback story. Yeah, it's it's an amazing comeback story. And I credit most of it to money mindset. Money mindset was the massive shift that I made about 18 months ago, which completely transformed my life. And I was already on that path of trying to figure out the law of attraction, playing with it, working with it, but then realized that the only thing standing between me and my success, my financial freedom, was my money mindset. I've completely turned that around. I hired a shit ton of coaches. I've been on loads of courses. I do my research. I practice what I preach. I've now been teaching this for about 12 months. And the results that I'm getting from my clients are astounding. They're managing to do what I did in three years in six months because I've done the hard work for them. So they just copy the formula. And it's an amazing way to live life. And it's an amazing way to give back. And it's an amazing way to bring more light and love and abundance and positivity into a world which I think is desperate for it. Oh my God. I love your story. It's going to inspire so many people. I actually want to take a step back and I want to take you back to the moment where you realized that they've basically stole your business. And then Mm -hmm. everybody was giving you this bad gut wrenching advice to give it up and go get a job. Mm -hmm. Who or what made you have this inner knowing that that was the worst advice ever and to forge ahead anyways? Do you remember that guy called Steve Jobs? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. He once said success requires you to have tunnel vision, a tunnel vision that is so solid and so cemented that you will follow that vision and completely ignore the negative influences that come in from every angle. The strength and determination and commitment to yourself to be able to do that will always result in success. And when I really thought about going bankrupt and doing the nine to five job thing, it turned my stomach. It made me feel physically sick. And even without being spiritually aware as to what those emotions meant, I knew that that feeling was not a good feeling, which meant I wasn't meant to go there. I wasn't meant to do it. When I visualized my comeback story, when I thought no matter what, I will figure this out and I will find a way out and I will serve my purpose and I will make a success of this, that felt good. That emotion felt good. So that's the one that I went with. And no, it's not easy in your mid-20s to ignore everyone who's in their 40s, 50s and 60s who've got life experience because automatically you think they know best. But my soul my soul's voice, my soul's direction was a lot stronger than the voices of conditioned minds who've been on this planet longer than I have. I love that because there's so many people I know right now that are struggling with, you know, do I start my own business or do I forge ahead because I feel a little bit stuck or do I take everyone else's else's advice to get a job? And all you did was you followed your intuition or as you Mm -hmm. put it, the feeling that made you feel the best. It, it's, it seems so simple, yet it's not easy to do. 
It's not. It's not easy to do because we're all brought up with this conditioning that we should go to school, we should get good grades, we should go to college, we should excel at that, then we should go to university or whatever the equivalent is around the world, and then we should get an entry-level job, and then we should climb the career ladder, and then we should meet someone and get married and settle down and have 2.4 kids. (laughs) And this is like, it's the life prescription that the modern world has, has fed us and on a silver spoon and we've crystallized this way of thinking for 20 something years. So by the time we become an adult and we actually have the ability to think for ourselves and make our own decisions, we're so bogged down by this conditioned mind that it's really difficult to break free of that. So of course people question, should I get the job? Should I go for it? Should I not? Because it's hard to break free of conditioning because We don't know any other way of being. And the way of being that's not subscribed, that's not prescribed, is scary. It's like jumping off a cliff and building your wings on the way down. It's really, really scary, which I guess is why there hasn't been that many entrepreneurs and still entrepreneurs are a small percentage of the world's population. But we are growing. We are growing as a dynamic you know, as, as a demographic of people who are actually taking that leap and doing the thing and honoring their soul calling and making money doing it and impacting the world in an incredible way for doing what they do. Yeah, we, you know, the, the segment of entrepreneurs is growing. It's growing rapidly. And I think it's because people are having that awakening and, and they're breaking that conditioning, as you put it. And you mm-hmm. broke your conditioning by you know, seeking and, and becoming a total believer in law of attraction, as you put it. What did you yeah. learn about the law of attraction that, you know, so radically changed your life? Okay. <laughs> this is a long-winded question. So I subscribed to the law of attraction in that I realized I had the power and ability to call in the thing that I wanted, and I was able to realize my visualizations into physical manifested form. So this was how I started. Being the type of person I am, like I said, I'm very curious, and I kind of love to formulate my own way of doing things. I went even deeper into the law of attraction and the power of the universe, even to the point of psychicness and clairvoyance, where I'm communicating with universe on a more metaphysical level rather than a physical level and actually very recently have been teaching the universal laws of which law of attraction actually isn't one so I don't actually subscribe to the law of attraction as it's commonly known now law of attraction has become very trendy so loads of people teach it and loads of people talk about it but law of attraction for me as I now understand it and as I now live it and realize it is only half the story because the law of the universe is actually the law of co-creation it's not that we attract the things that we want if we stay in a positive vibration it's actually that we co-create with universe so it's not our responsibility to attract the thing it's a combined effort between us and universe to manifest the reality of our positive intention wow so for the people that were able to keep up with you there the co-creation <laughs> between your thoughts and your desires and the universe kind of conspiring in your favor which actually happens to be a tattoo on my arm, ironically, live as though the universe conspires in your favor. I think that kind of plays um, into that. Um, amazing. It, it, that's what comes together to provide your success. So what do you say to the people? And remember, I, I happen to believe the same as you. But of course, there's a lot of people that say, eh, I don't know if I could buy into that. How do you get them to maybe start to crack open, to maybe buy into the, all of this? 
The most obvious way for people to realize that all this woo-woo shit that we talk about is real is for them to actually just take a step back and look at their lives. And the most obvious way universe shows its power to us is through synchronicity and coincidences. Like, coincidence isn't even a real thing. It's a human man-made explanation for something that we refuse to accept or believe but if you think about how many coincidences how many opportunities we have for synchronicity and how many times we experience deja vu it's uncanny there is a reason for absolutely everything because it's all divinely aligned and it's all predestined by our higher selves right i absolutely agree so if we look Say, you know, we look at the people we have in our lives. Some of them come into our lives and they're an absolute blessing. Other people come into our lives and they're not a blessing. They're a pain in the backside. But that's a lesson. And universe will deliver lessons and blessings in equal measure because every single one of these lessons or blessings is an opportunity for growth and an opportunity for expansion. And if we look at the law of attraction as it's popularly taught, even though it's not the whole picture, the law of attraction will talk to you about energetic vibrations and when we vibrate at a certain level we attract a certain level of thing so we when we are vibrating at a certain level we attract people into our lives who are having similar experiences when we choose to break free from that we then begin to attract people into our lives who are vibrating at a different level and who are perhaps more in alignment with universe or perhaps more successful or perhaps have different views on things that's just one way of looking at it the universe also sends us lessons in that when we're perhaps falling out of alignment and universe is trying to bring us back to a place where we're in joyful abundance because we have a right and a responsibility to be in abundance. Sometimes we can learn things the really hard way. I mean, just look at my story, for example. I was so successful in my mid-20s. I was winning at life. And then I learned this really, really hard lesson which forced me to go into £60,000 worth of debt to the point of bankruptcy, to the point of questioning if I even had a life purpose, to then coming out of it going, oh my God, I understand the meaning of life. So sometimes these lessons are there for a reason. And you look at all of that and you can't say, oh, it's all a coincidence. It's impossible for it to be a coincidence. I couldn't agree more. That It's absolutely eye-opening for anybody who is kind of on the fence saying, do I believe in this or not? I love the way you described it. You also say that we have a right and a responsibility to live in an abundant mindset. I think you've mentioned that a couple times now. What's mm-hmm. the key to having an abundant mindset? And why do you feel like we have the right and the responsibility to have one? Okay, so the way I look at it, we have a right to abundance because we wouldn't have otherwise incarnated. And I realize I step onto very sensitive ground here because there are various, in fact, most religions who won't subscribe to the ideal of incarnation. So I I, I say this with a, a real um, gentleness and, and compassion for everybody that's listening because I, I do appreciate some of this conflicts with some religious ideals. But we incarnate as human beings so we can have a physical, emotional experience. We incarnate from the universe and knowing that universe is all light and love, we know before we incarnate that we are incarnating, we are coming into life, we are born with the support and the love of universe. Universe or God or Allah or your cosmic parent, whoever that is, would never want you to be born 
without support and love. So that's our right to abundance. We would not be born if we weren't meant to be abundant, if we weren't meant to be supported. Unfortunately, when we are born, we take an amnesia pill and we kind of forget all of this. And then we spend our entire lives trying to figure it out. And, you know, perhaps by the time you're on your deathbed, you've sussed it. Or if, you know, you are a little bit more enlightened and awakened, you get it in your 20s and life's amazingly cool. Okay, that's that's the having a right to abundance. You would not have been born if you did not have a right to abundance. Universal fact. The responsibility part comes from the idea that, yeah, okay, we incarnate and we have we are born and we have a right to this abundance, but that's not an abundance so that we can just play at life and be selfish and ruthless and just kind of muck around and not do anything with it. Life has a purpose. And the ultimate goal of humanity as it stands right now in the Aquarian age is the awakening. It's to bring more people to this conscious way of living, to the light consciousness so that they are in alignment, so that they have access to abundance and love and compassion. And they can serve their fellow humans in a way that is for the greatest good of all so you do your podcast it's amazing you are absolutely in service by delivering all this content that you create to your listeners I'm in service as a coach there are people in service as musicians as dancers as artists as doctors as teachers as lawyers we are all in service but that service comes with a responsibility to be abundant because we cannot serve to our highest ability if we are not supported by abundance. You couldn't run your podcast if you didn't have a flow of abundance in your life because you need, you've got, you know, family to feed and bills to pay and the currency of planet earth is money. Fine. But that's where your responsibility is. If you are not living in abundance, you cannot serve to your highest ability. Do you see what I mean? We we have to be we have to be in the abundant flow. We have to have money in our lives so we can help other people do the same. That's the responsibility. If we take the money and we don't help other people do the same, then we're not living in alignment with the universe. And I'm totally aware there are people that do that. But everyone who's not living in abundance need to remember that they've got a responsibility to get into the flow because when they are abundantly supported, they can help others be abundantly supported. And this is how we awaken humanity in the Aquarian age. Oh my God. I love this. Did you really just learn all this in the past few years? Like was all of this not a part of your vocabulary until you hit rock bottom? Absolutely not. And do you know, most of what I've just said has come to me in the last 12 months. It's remarkable how quickly somebody can become so enlightened and then receive the, the immediate payoff from that enlightenment. It's extraordinary. But this is, this is how the universe is built. This is the grand design. You reach your awakening and, you, you know, you can't pretend to be awakened. You are either awakened or you're not. But this is the grand design. You suddenly wake up and you start living in service and love and light and spreading the message of the universe and the universe will reward you tenfold. And it doesn't matter how you spread that message. Like I said, you can run a podcast or be a coach or a dancer or a musician. It doesn't matter. There's a million ways to spread this message. Once you are in connection with it, universe will reward you tenfold. It's a game. And once you figure it out, it's so cool because it works. It totally does. So I feel like we've got probably two halves of listeners right now listening to you. <laughs> One half is like, yeah, Harriet, I totally agree. Let's go. Let's do this. And the other half is probably like, I want to believe this, but I'm having trouble getting my mind around it. So what are the one or two things that people can do to bust through their limiting beliefs around money and abundance? 
Okay, so a couple of things we can do. The first one would be to start paying attention to the ego or the subconscious mind. So you know those thoughts that we we hear in our head that's like our Jiminy Cricket on our shoulder? So perhaps when you're online shopping and you think, oh, God, I really want those shoes. And then there's a little voice in your head that goes, no, 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 you can't have the shoes or we can't afford the shoes, or say you want to book a holiday, but then this little voice comes in and says, no, we can't have the holiday. You know that little voice that I mean? Mm -hmm. That that little voice is your subconscious speaking from an egoic place of conditioned belief. Once we are aware that that's the ego talking, the, the conditioned voice speaking, we're able to quiet it a little. It's like a dimmer switch. We're able to just turn it down a little bit so many people have these subconscious sabotaging thoughts all the time, but they don't even realize they're happening. So the first step for me would be start listening to that little voice and start being aware of how stupid that voice is. <laughs> because it is, because it comes from a place of conditioning. But when you're aware that you're conditioned, that's kind of your first step to going, okay, maybe there's something a little bit greater than this life that I think I'm living. Maybe there's a greater purpose to it all. Being aware of the conditioning that you've been subscribing to so that you can start to undo it. I call bullshit on a lot of things. If you're comfortable with doing that, then start calling your own bullshit. Because you, like I said, you have a right and a responsibility to abundance. So any of those negative thoughts that enter your head that contradict that, call bullshit on it and say, thank you, but no thank you. The second thing I would do is a more outward thing. So go to the place of gratitude, which I know a lot of law of attraction teachers teach, and I'm not going to knock that because it does work. Acknowledge the beauty, the grace, and the divinity in the world that we live in. We revolve around a sun. The moon revolves around us. The moon controls the tides. Men and women can create life, and women can grow a baby in their belly and give birth to it. That is magic, but it's become so common and so normal to us that we we forget to see the divinity in what's happening. Love, the relationship between two people, be that man and woman or man and man or woman and woman, it doesn't matter. Love between friends, that chemical reaction, that whole relationship, that entire exchange of energy is magic. That's universal divinity in pure form, but we don't recognize it because we've normalized it. There's nothing normal about our existence here on planet Earth. It's all exceptionally magical and beautiful and divine, but we ignore it. So I'd say wake up to the beauty of your world. Even wake up to all the crappy stuff that happens and learn to, to smile at it and accept it and move from a place of grace and humility. Because when you do that, you're starting to connect to the divine. You don't need to be spiritual. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to sit on a meditation cushion for an hour a day. You know, I mean, who has time for that? <laughs> <laughs> you you just need to be in the divinity. Just notice it all around you and love and appreciate it. You will soon see how powerful our universe is and how powerful you are as a human being. Mm, God, I love all of your advice. And one more thing that I really like about you, and, and this is going to feel like a little different direction, but it all kind of goes in the same place, is that mm -hmm. you have this you've got this spiritual side that is obviously fully developed, but then you also have this love for luxury and nice things. And I noticed your example of if you want to buy the shoes, buy the shoes and you know, a few of the other things that you love having in your life. So 
tell me, but, and which by the way, a lot of times when you get into some of the spiritual people, they start to shun these items, right? They start to say, oh, I don't need nice things or, or that's, I don't need these, these earthly possessions. So tell me, where did this unapologetic attraction to having nice things come from? From this very statement, it is perfectly okay to be spiritual and to be rich. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people need to hear that. You know that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I have a lot of clients who are in the spiritual world, yoga teachers, energy healers, Reiki healers, psychics, clairvoyants, who subscribe yet again to a conditioned belief that if they are somehow living in service using their gift, that they are not allowed to earn money from it. And honestly, I've never gotten to the bottom of how this conditioning even came about. I will scream at them, you have a gift because you are meant to make money from it. This is your abundant flow. You have a right and a responsibility to be in abundance. You have been blessed with a gift of service. You can help people with your gift. How on earth do you expect to help yourself if you can't charge a lot of money for it? And in regard to the buying the shoes, you know, the first class holidays that I've just bought myself a £77,000 Range Rover. I'm flying first class to Dubai on Monday for my Christmas break. These are things that help me to raise my vibration. When we love ourselves, and yes, spending money on ourselves is a form of self-love, we elevate our vibration so much that we become alchemists of energy. The higher the vibration I'm in, the more self-love and love of others that I practice with my money, the more I can change the negative vibrations that exist around me without even trying. That is. Does that make sense? Yes, it's beyond makes sense. I'm in love with everything you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. So let me ask you this. Uh, when you finally give in and say, great, I deserve really nice things and I'm going to play all out, you know, buying your, your 77,000 pound Range Rover, great taste, mm -hmm. by the way, you know, your million Thank pound, you. um, flat or home, um, home, yeah. all of these things, how does that start to play into your money mindset and future success? Does it start to snowball in your favor? Absolutely. Because this abides to the universal law of expansion where attention goes, energy flows, which again is a very common phrase in the law of attraction market, but it's absolutely true. And energy is exponential. So if you've ever looked at an exponential curve, when it kind of first tracks, it's like a slow burner on its rise, but you hit what I call the slight edge. And when you hit the slight edge, it just snowballs, it catapults. And as for the spending and the living in abundance thing, it does come with a word of warning, which I do want your listeners to hear. If you are spending in alignment with your higher self, with your highest good and the highest good of all, then the universe will reward you. If you are spending selfishly or spending for negative gain or spending from a fear-based emotion, the same won't happen. So it's very important that you're aware that what you're spending is in alignment with your highest good. And by the way, yes, that can be first class flights and 77,000 pound Range Rovers and 1 million pound homes. It can be that. But when we are in alignment with that spending, the investment comes back quicker. The more you spend, the more you invest in alignment with your sole purpose, the greater the investment. And it snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. If I told you one year ago today, my mortgage on my one bedroom flat was 800 pounds a month and I could barely afford to make those payments 
fast forward one year and I'm living in a one million pound home, a four bedroomed house in North London in the UK. My mortgage payments are six times what they used to be. And I don't even bat an eyelid. That's the power of the exponential expansion that is universal law. Wow. That is so beautifully put. I freaking love it. I'm curious, <laughs> how do people uh -huh. in London or in the UK tend to view the wealthy and the accumulation of wealth compared to people in North America, do you think? I tend to find amongst my clients, those who I have in North America, Canada and Australia are far more open-minded to this kind of money mindset and abundance. People in the UK and it is very much a British way of thinking. They can be quite reserved about money. Money is still quite a dirty subject here. It can be very difficult for me to open the minds of my UK-based clients because we are taught from such a young age that money is the root of all evil and money doesn't grow on trees. To undo that conditioning is a lot of work. But in that regard, I'm very grateful for my international clients because you make my life very easy. <laughs> <laughs> Yet you're still forging ahead anyways and changing the thought patterns of the UK and all around the world, aren't you? That's my, that's my job. I love <laughs> that's it. That's the intention. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you've done that successfully with over 4,000 clients. What's the common thread you see in your successful clients? And what's the common mindset block or any block for that matter that you see in your unsuccessful clients? Okay. The, the thing that tips them into the successful bracket and not the unsuccessful bracket is surrender. And this is massive because this is the thing that most human beings struggle to do. We are control freaks. Even those who are really relaxed and laid back about life, to a point they're still control freaks. Obviously those people who say openly, you know, like I'm a total control freak, you know, the Lucy needs to be down and the Lou roll needs to be folded a certain way and all the rest of it, fine. They know they're control freaks, but all of us, no matter what kind of level on the control freak scale we're on, we are all on that control scale. And when we are in an energy of controlling rather than an energy of surrender, we struggle to co-create with universe, which brings me right back to what we were talking about before. When we co-create with universe, it needs to be a partnership of manifestation. We are not solely responsible for the manifestation of our abundant lives, but we have a tendency to stick things on our vision boards, create the mantras, work 24 hours a day, seven days a week with this absolute fervent, manic, controlling belief that if we just do it long enough and do it hard enough and just try that little bit more and just push that little bit harder, that it will manifest. But actually the opposite is true because this is a co-creation. It's a relationship. It's a partnership with the universe, which is what the law of attraction doesn't teach, which is why I don't subscribe to the law of attraction. I subscribe to the law of co-creation. Our job is to put the vision in place, is to use our power of imagination and emotion to create the, the visual of the thing that we want, stick it on the vision board, make the mantras, but then go into a state of surrender, a state of knowing and a state of excited expectation that the universe is going to deliver this miracle. And then you hand it over to her or to him, which, whichever gender you want to subscribe your universe to, because then universe will deliver. When we're in a state of control rather than a state of surrender, we literally tie the universe's hands behind her back so she can't work her magic. If I can't pull my clients out of control into a surrender, then I struggle to help them succeed. So that's 
that's the biggest difference for me is that energetic state of being and it's hard to let go of that's but not impossible it's absolutely amazing what about generosity you know, in everything that we're talking about here do you see generosity as as playing a really big role in this law of abundance and all that generosity yeah i mean for me that's the law of morality okay so the law of morality requires us to live as good human beings and obviously good kind human beings are generous and as the saying goes give as you wish to receive absolutely I tend to find the more abundance I have the more I can give and the more I give the more I receive but again I'll put a disclaimer on it because those who are not yet in mega profits and huge like wealths of abundance the best giving that they can do is the giving that they give to themselves the generosity that they give to themselves I had a client who messaged me recently and she was like I'm so inspired by you I'm going to start giving to charity and my immediate response was honey that's lovely but you're not in a financial position to be doing that and actually that thought process pulls you out of alignment with the universe because you're telling the universe that actually other people matter more than you and it's gorgeous that you want to be generous, but please, for pity's sake, be generous to yourself first. When you've got an overflow of abundance, you can be generous with that. But if you try and give from an empty vessel, if you try and pour from an empty vessel, you're going to pull yourself out of alignment with the universe. So when it comes to be, when it comes to generosity, I would say be generous to yourself first, then be generous to others. Ooh, because when you're generous to yourself first, that creates so much extra abundance that then you have much more to give than if you just go straight to being generous with everybody else, sacrificing exactly. yourself. Exactly. Martyrdom has no place in universal laws. Exactly. So I ask this question of everybody. I love the different answers I get. Now that you're massively successful, what is one of the favorite moments of giving in your life? Oh my God, what an amazing question. Um, do you know what? It's probably going to be a moment that's coming up very soon for me. So for the first time in my life, I am hosting the family Christmas at my new home in London. And for 29 years, I have always gone to my parents' home or to my aunts and uncles or to my grandparents. And I've always been the one receiving. So for the first time ever, now that I've got my beautiful family home in North London, I'm going to be hosting Christmas. I'm going to be cooking the dinner. I'm going to be laying the table. I'm going to be giving all the gifts. I'm going to play Santa Claus. And to be able to give back to my parents who have supported me in the 29 years of my incredible journey I think is is really going to be the height of my existence to date. Oh my gosh, that is remarkable. I love that you guys are going to have so much fun. Plus, I'm such a Christmas geek, it's not even funny. So that sounds really <laughs> awesome to me. What's coming up for you and where can people find you and, and all of, you know, where can they learn from you? Okay, so my website is askharriet.co.uk. So Harriet is spelt the French way. Thanks, mom. H-A-R-R-I-E-T-T-E. Askharriet.co.uk. I've got loads of freebies on my website. So you can download my money book, which is 26 ways to instantly improve your relationship with money, which is completely free. Um, there's also a free uh, money mindset makeover that's available, which is like three videos that you can just download and watch straight away. But coming up in January... I am relaunching my money mindset system, which is a seven step system to guaranteed abundance in your life. 
consistent abundance in your life. It's amazing. The results we've had this year have been mind-blowing, astronomical. We've had people come out of debt. We've had people take their four-figure businesses to five-figure businesses or five-figure businesses to six-figure businesses. We had one lady do from six figures into seven figures, which was just amazing. So I'm really, really excited to relaunch that. And I'm going to do it right at the beginning of January. So it ties in with the new year whilst everyone's still excited and motivated and ready to actually make a difference this year, this coming year, and to make positive change in the world whilst being spiritual and whilst being exceptionally wealthy. That's awesome. I, I saw the launch that you went through this year earlier with that, and it looked like an awesome program. So, of course, people had success on it. Yeah, it was amazing. So, last signature question, and I love the different answers to get to this as well. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? Because every single person has a divinely unique soul calling and a soul purpose. And if you can't honor your soul purpose and your soul calling, then you are denying your rights and responsibility to abundance. We have to be unapologetic in who we are because nobody else can be us. Isn't that just amazing about the human race? There are no two people that are exactly alike. We are all completely individual. Of course, we should be unapologetic. And if you're controversial, be controversial. If you're out there, be out there. If you, you know, if you strike a taboo subject and you cause a little bit of conflict, so bloody what? If it's in alignment with your soul calling and your soul purpose and you are serving to the highest good of all humanity, then do it. Because if you're not, you're denying yourself, you're denying the universe, you're denying your loved ones and you're denying the rest of humanity. Yes. Total mic drop. <laughs> Perfect way to wrap this thing up. Harriet, I am so grateful that you moved some things around to be on this show. What you teach oh, is absolutely epic and the world needs more of it. Bless you. Thank you so much, Chris. I've absolutely loved talking to you. And you know what? I love talking to people who are totally on this wavelength because it is new. It is a little bit controversial, but it is utter magic. And the fact that you are doing everything you can to spread this message, I have such admiration for i am so humble to your cause thank you so much for having me i really really appreciate it totally totally my pleasure thanks for listening and if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous please pass them on to me it would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as i can so please if you liked what you heard it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.